Good morning, everyone. It's time for us to uh, get started. We're going to do something a little different today because it's really, really cold outside and there's precipitation that is falling. So we're going to have a very condensed worship service today. So a lot of things will be a little different. The communion guys are coming down the aisles right now to pass out the communion supplies to you. So uh, we want to make sure that everyone uh, gets that, uh, what they need of the communion supplies at this time. Also, just as a quick reminder, and we'll remind you again, uh, we're going to have the collection plates at the back this morning as you're leaving. So uh, we'll remind you of that again. We're going to start out, we're going to sing the first, uh, our first song will be Hosanna. Let's all stand as we sing that song this morning. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the that we have outside. We want to welcome our visitors, uh, those that are viewing online. Uh, welcome to the West Irwin Church of Christ. We, uh, Dad used to say, if you step outside this morning, you won't forget your coat. Although he would often forget his shoes. Um, we have a new sister in Christ this morning. Uh, Montana Lewis, one of our teen girls, was baptized last night at Winterfest by Tucker. What a blessing that is. Her mom is Crystalyn Davidson, and uh, obviously they attend here. We have also some good news that John and Terry Shaw are the new grandparents of a baby girl born, I believe, Monday. Mela Rose was born at home. That wasn't scheduled, but all are well. <laughs> this evening, uh, we have some changes. Obviously, uh, we've already mentioned our reflections class that normally meets at five o'clock has been canceled because of the weather. Uh, although we didn't expect this precipitation this early in the day, there's only one entity in the universe that does, and I'm not him. 
go to our Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, we humbly approach you this morning thanking you for your love and realizing what a privilege it is to be called your children. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to gather on the first day of the week as a church family to praise your name in song, to listen to a portion of your inspired word, to gather around your table and commemorate the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to lift one another up. Heavenly Father, we often do not know how or what we should pray, but we know that your will be done, that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, and that you will never leave us or forsake us. Heavenly Father, we have those of our family and friends that we are most concerned about, and we want to place before you for your healing power, your comfort, and your reassurance that you'll be beside them in their difficulties. For the Keekley's daughter, Jessica Cathy, and her sudden serious illness, the loss of Lauren Deliveday's uncle Tommy Brown and for Ronnie and his sister and the Brown family. For the Dixon family and the passing of Howard's cousin Patsy Burnham. For Fred Williams and the difficulties he is having resulting from a previous accident and the resultant surgical procedures he has been forced to experience. For the Eric Thornton family and the loss of Eric's grandfather Elvis Thornton. For Mary June Goodson and the physical issues she currently faces. For Callie Huff and her recent hospitalization. For Stan Clark, that he will experience relief from his pain from the most recent procedures and regain a measure of his health that he desires and that future planned procedures will be successful. For Chad Albright, for the brother of Anna Nunn, Johnny Woods. For John Shaw, that his treatments will be successful. For Galen and Margie Siegler, and all those who are not mentioned that deal with long-term difficulties and who desire and strive to be here each Sunday to worship with the flock. Heavenly Father, it's our desire to please you and serve you. So help us look beyond our own selfish desires and focus on understanding your will and your expectations that we can only find in your inspired word. We're so thankful for all the servants at this place, our teachers, our staff, our volunteers, our deacons, our fellow shepherds. May we always strive to be servant leaders and make ourselves accessible as shepherds to any who need and desire this contact and pray for a portion of your wisdom to respond according to your will. Help us to be kind to one another. Help us as a family to continue our legacy to move your work forward spreading the gospel to all nations. Heavenly Father, we're most thankful for all your blessings, both physical and spiritual. We're thankful that with those blessings, we can achieve more than we can ever hope or imagine. Heavenly Father, we realize we often fail you and we humbly ask your forgiveness. It's our prayer today that this service will be acceptable in your sight and that we will leave with a greater appreciation for your love towards us and that our love for one another will increase. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and amen. To help us prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll sing Lamb of God. Your only Son, no sin to hide, but you have sent Him from your side to walk upon this guilty side. 
and to become the Lamb of God. Your gift of love they crucified. They laughed and scorned him as he died. The humble king they named a fraud and sacrificed the Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, I love the Normally, when we partake of the Lord's Supper every Sunday, we think about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. This morning, I want us to think of a different aspect. I want us to think about the fact that he lived a perfect life, a life without sin. You know, in the Old Testament times, all of the animal sacrifices, particularly those for sin, had to, be with, had to be without a blemish or spot. They had to be perfect. In order for Jesus to be the perfect lamb and to make the sacrifice on the cross, he had to live a perfect life. I don't know about you, but if I really think about that, that's a struggle. That's a test. That's a sacrifice. And we know about the tests that Jesus had in the wilderness after, be, after he was baptized and the Spirit led him into the wilderness. The devil tempted him for 40 days. We know about the last three. But there were other times when Jesus was tempted, and I want to bring one of those to mind. After his trial... And during his trial, as a matter of fact, when people spit in his face and slapped him and beat him unmercifully, he didn't wish for revenge. He didn't want to retaliate. And even when they hung him on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I don't know about you, again, when somebody spits in my face, I'm going to react. Christ could have. He could have called down 10,000 legions of angels to come for his defense, but he didn't. He lived a perfect life so that he could be the Lamb of God. As we partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine this morning, Yes, let's think about his death, burial, and resurrection, but let's also think about that perfect life that he lived for us. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your love and mercy and grace. Thank you for your son who came and was tempted in every way that we were tempted, but he lived a perfect life, and he was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And when we sin, we can be forgiven because of his righteousness and his sacrifice.
as we take of this loaf that represents his body that hung on the cross, let us do it in a way that honors and glorifies you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the cleansing power of your, the blood of Jesus. And we're so grateful that we have not only the cleansing from our sins, but we have the hope of eternity with you because of that great sacrifice that he made. We pray that we might honor you as we partake. In Jesus' name, amen. We think about the great blessings, the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And in this country, we also have so many material blessings. All the creature comforts that you can imagine just about. As Gary mentioned, the collection baskets are at the back. As we leave, we can make our contribution. But pray with me now. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for the opportunities we have in this life to provide for ourselves and our family and to help those who are needy. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, as we put this together this morning rather hurriedly, I don't know whether we're having blast or not. Can someone tell me if we're having blast this morning? We don't know. I'd say no. I'd say no. Okay. No blast this morning. Okay. No blast. Okay. So if you would pass your attendance cards to an aisle that's closest to you, and we've got uh, a few young men, I'm sure, that will collect these cards for us this morning. Before Bill's message to us, let's all stand and sing thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, think I've lost my way, Still you're right here beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my my feet and a light unto my path. Be seated, please.
So there are some things in Scripture that are doctrinally stated and are very specific. And those we don't have flexibility on. There's a lot about how we do the worship assembly, the padded pews you're sitting on, the time we start, what we wear, the length of sermons. All of those things are more culturally related. And so we can do, we kind of have discretion on that one. Uh, For example, Paul on one of his mission journeys found himself in Troas on the first day of the week, met with the church to break bread, and preached till midnight. Aren't you glad that that's not one of those doctrinal things? That is a flexible thing that we have discretion about. So today I appreciate our leadership and all of those men who are helping and others uh, being flexible. That was a very important word when I was working with the youth Bible camps in Ukraine several years ago, because every day was different. You had a schedule, but that didn't mean that you were going to follow it. And flexibility is a good thing. You'll notice that the title of this sermon was supposed to be Connecting with the Truth. We're doing a short series uh, this month and next month on uh, connecting with the culture without deleting the church. And so where I wanted to start from and where I am starting from is from John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am, one of those great I am statements, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we understand that and we get that. And so last week we spoke about the way. The last sermon of those uh, three is going to be uh, Jesus being the life. And then there is this one on connecting with the truth. And it is specifically the truth of God's word. And I'm not sure this is the reason why we're having such a horrible weather day and having to abbreviate everything, but it could be, just saying, it could be that God decided that there were some folks that were out today that needed to hear this message and they're going to be here next Sunday and aren't here today. So all of you that are here today, don't think that that means you don't have to come next Sunday. Okay, be sure and fill out a card, though, because you get extra points for being here today on such a horrible, horrible weather day. And I'm sure our online folks are going to be, we might set a record for that one um, today. I do want us to look at a short passage in John chapter 1. Because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so connecting with the truth. John, as he opens up his gospel from the very beginning, talks about the truth and how it is fulfilled and revealed completely in Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, we remember the beginning of the chapter, the beginning of the gospel of John, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and we're all wondering, well, who is this mysterious Word And he doesn't tell us until verse 14. John 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Oh, it's Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. This is speaking of John the Baptist, not John the Apostle, the author of this gospel. By the time John the Apostle writes this gospel, John the Baptist had already been killed for his faith in Christ and his devotion and obedience to preach the word of God, even though it was dangerous to say those things. 
and caused him to lose his life. Verse 16, out of his fullness, Christ, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Grace on top of grace. It's, it's just overwhelming, unlimited, lavished upon us is how Paul puts it in Ephesians 1. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When Jesus came and took upon flesh, that's the incarnation, Jesus, the Son of God, taking on flesh, he revealed grace and truth. And now as this passage closes, he says the same thing, full of grace and truth. When you talk about Jesus as the truth, you're talking about Jesus as the word of God. That's how this gospel begins. In the beginning was the word. And throughout John's gospel, that's one of those key terms that it's fun to chart and just see every passage in the book of John that speaks specifically about the word. Sometimes it's referring to Jesus himself. Sometimes it's referring to the word of God, which we would call scripture or the Bible. But when you look at Jesus, you see someone who, first of all, is full of grace and truth, not one or the other, being merciful, being compassionate, being gracious and forgiving, but also full of truth, affirming the word and will of the Father even to the point of his own death death on the cross. For Jesus, he, he was grace and truth, embodied, incarnate. And now he calls on us to first of all accept him as grace and truth. But then secondly, to live with that. To exhibit that same grace and truth to others holding firmly to the word of God, that's the truth, and we'll talk more about that next time. But also experiencing, having experienced God's grace, being willing to be gracious and to share that with others just as surely as Jesus, who is the word, has shared that with us. This morning, if we can help you do that, come as we stand and sing this great old hymn, Trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our As always, we're so glad all of you are here today, and our prayers, everybody makes it home safe to a nice, warm fireplace at home. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity we've had to gather here in this beautiful building filled with the warmth of fellowship and the heat of physical love. 
We ask you, Lord, to be with us and bless us, keep us safe on our journeys. Be with those who are out of town who may be making their way back home this weekend. Keep them safe as well. We pray, Lord, that you'll strengthen the physically ill and that you'll also be with those that are spiritually ill, that they might return to their senses like the prodigal son of old and come back to you uh, one day. We ask these things and beseech these blessings in the name of Jesus, the Son of God. Amen.